stage 18. We may not have had a mountain finish, uh, but we still upended the GC. We have three days to go and we still have a GC race. Maybe, we'll talk about that. Reactions and uh, results from stage 18. Did Sepp Cuss make a tactical error on stage 17? There's a little bit of reporting on that. We'll take a look at that. Any uh, else? did they salvage their tour? Uh, are they looking to bulk up their climbers? We have a little bit of news on the change front there. Will the GC change for the time trial on stage 20? We'll break down a little bit of those top five and see how they've done on uh, time trials. So things that make you go home the ride of the day. And what was Landa's real reason for attacking the last two days? We will talk about conspiracy theories. Uh, it's Thursday, September 17, 2020. And this is the Between Two Wheels podcast, episode 200. 200. We're, we're doing a, also a different thing here. Uh, once again, we've had issues streaming out to uh, YouTube live. They had a little issue with Flowbooks, uh, Flowbikes, doing a uh, copyright strike on us. So we're doing uh, to Facebook Live. We are also doing it to Twitter. And um, maybe we'll create a just a Between Two Wheels uh, live stream account for Facebook or uh, for um for YouTube and see what we can do about that. Let's talk about stage 18. Stage 18, uh, first of all, let's do a little recap of what it was uh, looking for and uh, from Jonathan Scriven and basically his description of it. The Italian border on any of these climbs. Okay. If, right. I, if I have the map exactly correct. Yeah. You probably do. Uh, stage 18. Okay, 18, Meribel. So these are regions where I've, I've, I've spent a lot of time and they are uh, spectacular as you can imagine. Um, they are super steep, but more than anything else, and you can feel it even if you just visit. And I think the the profile will will bear this out. They are high. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know what you are showing there for 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 Meribel as a as a height. I don't um, know if I wrote that the, down. The, the the height it looks like here you're getting as the the, the first climb uh, nineteen seventy eight. So just okay, under so two thousand meters. I mean, yeah, this is two thousand meters. This is a big difference from right. a climb that's at like a thousand meters. So right. so you're getting into the the real high Alps. Area. And this is I think this is the most traditional of of the Alps stages. Three or four really big climbs, super high altitude, loads of opportunities for attacks. I mean, this is the this is the stage where you're you know you're taking your break on the downhill and you're making sure you watch every uphill because there's going to be attacks. So, um, the, the that, interesting that, there, the, all right, that's a good description of what we had for the stage today. So look, d- did they take a break on the downhill and watch your attacks on the uphill? Kind of, cause we had a crash, a kind of a, an important crash on the downhill. So we'll take a look at that. So early on in the stage, we'll just do a recap here and then some results in a, a quick, uh, episode today, uh, 32 man break early on. They came through the sprint points. It was won by Bennett and then Mateo Trenton over Sagan. Sagan just doesn't look like he has that kick. Is he going to do world championships? What that's coming up in about a week and a half, a uh, lot of climbing. Um, it's really like a today's type of stage, uh, for the worlds out there. So will um, Sagan be playing a part of that? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, um, maybe Trenton will be uh, having a better chance. Uh, however, up on the day, the, the, the break then kind of whittles its way down. You get Carapaz in there, third day in a row, uh, or second day in a row at least, or, or maybe it is third day in a row. Kwiatkowski, Mark Hershey, Palo Bilbao, uh, Carlos Verona was in there, Nicholas E. Day goes up the road, and at some point, you're seeing a com- competition with all these, and we talked about it. Let's, let's go back to... Uh, cat one, cat three, cat two, cat one, a cat one, and then an uncategorized climb near the finish. And that cat one, though, uh, near the, the end there, 
it's got uh, some gravel going over the top. And, you know, it's a little uh, significant on that as well. By the way, if we're live and you have any comments, you guys want to put comments in here, go ahead. We'll take any questions or, or concerns. We'll post them up on the screen and also uh, address them as, as we come along. Anyway, um, Kwiatkowski is, is pulling along well. Carapaz keeps sprinting Mark Hershey for the King of the Mountains. So we finally have moved off of Kosnefoy and Pogacar got the King of the Mountains yesterday. And with that, we're also now seeing a little bit more of a, a hot up competition. And you're getting Carapaz trying to get, because he's been three days out in the breaks. And he and Hershey has been off in the moves as well. So he's been accumulating points and they're both going for him. Hershey is accumulating points after points. He takes the Col de Cés. Uh, at about 90 kilometers in over Carapaz for the third straight time. And with that, <clears throat> as they're coming over the top, Carapaz decides he's just going to kind of drift off, and he, he does a little bit of a downhill attack. The downhill attack then puts Hershey in a little bit of difficulty because he's like, well, you know, Carapaz has Kwiatkowski there. Kwiatkowski's not going to do anything, and off goes uh, Hershey. Now, we've seen Hershey. He's been getting a lot of accolades for his descending lately and people are kind of getting all hot and bothered about uh, how great he descends which he does but i think he puts the pedal down a little too hard trying to bring carapaz back and he slides out on the left hand corner goes into the ditch kwiatkowski takes a look at him as he goes by doesn't take another look and keeps on going uh, now you've got a dwindled front group and in the end you've got just kwiatkowski and carapaz putting the pedal down never dropping each other always working in tandem getting rid of Bilbao, getting rid of Hershey, as I said, Nicholas E. Day, Carlos Verona, all these guys uh, cruising out the back of that group. Um, 80-some kilometers out to the finish, and those two were able to hold off. Now, they ended up taking the win. Uh, you got Kwiatkowski holding up. Uh, just there was a was it a photo finish? It was very close uh, finish. It probably did go down to the photo. They're coming across arm in arm, kind of Le Monde slash you know back in 1986 on um, Alpe d'Huez, uh, but maybe a little less contention. Look, if the management was going to say who was going to win, because you often have that with teams, they're like, hey, here, here, here's your, how you're gonna do it. Um, they probably grant it to Kwiatkowski. He's been with the team for years. Carapaz just came over from Movie Star. Uh, Kwiatkowski has been killing himself in the tour over and over and over for years uh, to basically you know, do what he can to uh, help Froome, uh, Bernal, uh, Thomas. Uh, he's a world champion himself. He's also won at Milan San Remo in a sprint. And so if those two were going to just fight it out, I think it wouldn't be a problem for, uh, for Kwiatkowski to win it. So in the end, they give it to Kwiatkowski. Both guys were pretty excited. And we'll do a little finish line quotes here of what Kwiatkowski had to say. However, Back in the peloton, was this going to be a day decided by a GC? And were the GC guys going to actually take a, a, a shot at it? And were they going to make some efforts? And, you know, look, you, you see that there's no mountaintop finish. So, you know, it's kind of a question, is this going to happen? Well, I don't know if you're going to see Rog uh, Pogacar taking attacks at Roglic. You know, it's kind of, are you going to dispel those two? Those two are showing they're pretty solid, obviously, Lopez uh, yesterday. But there was coming into it, the GC field from 6, 7, 8 down, down. You saw Landa yesterday really putting his team on the front, causing a lot of havoc, trying to move up. He moves up a spot because of Iran, so that was helpful for him yesterday. But what was going to happen today? Well, <clears throat> they come into the big cat one, 143 kilometers peak there but it starts around the 138 kilometers or so uh, into the 175 kilometer stage so a good distance out and at the bottom of that climb you see Mikael Landa taken off with uh, a teammate 
and I'm not sure which one was it. Was, was it Caruso? I think Caruso and Bill Bauer were still up the road. So he had a, a teammate with him that was leading him up the road. And the next thing you know, he's dispatched him and he's got uh, a decent lead. Now, did the, the the teams react from behind? Not necessarily. Jumbo Vinsma, they had their guys in the front. George Bennett was working there. Wout Poles, you still had Tom Dumoulin, Step Cuss with Roglic. Everything looked fine. Port was in there. Lopez, you had... Uh, Guillaume Martin was getting spit out the back. And soon you had Valverde, you had Yates, and you had Iran all getting distanced and getting put out the back. Interesting because a little bit of a, an effect probably from the last few days of the work that, you know, just the mountains in general and then the work that Atlanta's team did. Over the top of the climb, you have a really dis- small group of people, of riders now. You've got, and, and they end up catching Landa. But with them, you've got Landa, Lopez, Port, Sepkus. Roglic, Pogacar, um, and that was about it for the, the main group. Back, you've, you've been really distanced the other ones. They weren't even close to this time, you know, trying to catch back on. Now there's a section of gravel. And with this section of gravel, um, all of a sudden Port has got a flat, and he's coming off the main group. And you got to say that Port, I think, really reacted. He didn't have a teammate. Elisande had already been kicked out. The only one with the teammate there was Roglic, who had Sepp Kuss. So that's obviously an important part. And you sometimes go, look, you can make it through these tours without a teammate. Um, you know, Pogacar has, has kind of ridden okay without him, especially in the high support in the mountains. But this is the times when you're really necessary to have him. Port doesn't have a team. There's, the support car is not there. There's not some guys on the side of the road, kind of the Perry Robay thing, hanging hanging wheels out to help him out. Uh, and he's riding on a – totally on his rim. You can tell he's having a hard time getting around the corners. But he didn't panic. And what he did do was he just kept riding and riding, and finally he gets a bike change. He probably loses a minute or so. And so then you have Enric Moss. He's the other one up there for uh, Movie Star. So you have Movie Star with Enric Moss, who had been with Decorny Quickstep last year, and uh, Landa, who had been with Movie Star last year. You'd think that maybe they'd be able to they, – they want a distance port. He's the guy that they need to get rid of because he can probably time trial better than them. But they're not coordinating really well. And Roglic, Sepkas, they're pushing the pace down the hill. But as it kind of comes to the flat and before you get the last kicker up the Cat 3, well, actually, it's uncategorized, but it's uh, you know, almost six, five-some kilometers at 4.5%, um, going in with about 10K to go. They crest the summit of that one. But coming into that, um, there was a little descent down in some flat areas. You saw Roglic and Sepkas kind of moving off the front. What happened behind was you had Wout Poles and Tom Dumoulin catching the Richie Port group. They actually give him some help. Um, they've decided it's more important for us to be up front with Roglic. There's still there's two guys up the road, but there's time bonuses, and we don't want him to be in any trouble. This Cat 3 has problems, and Sepkus is up there. But if we can get up there, it's much more important that we, being Wout, Pol, uh, Wout Vanert and uh, Tom Dumoulin, are at least in contact and helping the team out and Roglic out than it is to keep distancing Port. Port's doing a lot of work on the back, though. And as they're coming up on the Cat 3, on I keep saying Cat 3, it looks like it should be a Cat 3. It's uncategorized, uh, about 10K to go. He connects on the climb and coming over the top, and Port then connects with them. So, Enric Maas, Landa, they didn't do, and Landa then had uh, Belbao, I think, was in there. Maybe it was three riders for um, Bahrain at that point. You'd think that they had put the hammer down. But I think in, in his sense, look, first of all, Enric Maas rides for Movie Star. He's got team tactics that are wacky because of that. Um, but Landa has in his DNA just mixed in there, 
not knowing how to ride with a team, I think. Although you must say his team has done pretty good. My point is you think you could have um, really hit the front, been cohesive for those guys and distanced Port a little bit. Port did a great move, caught it back on. He ends up staying with the group till the end. Uh, in the end, you have one, two, Kier, uh, Kwiatkowski and then uh, Kerpaz. And then you have um, Walt, Walt Bunner comes through because there's still time bonus left for the finish. He ends up taking the sprint for third. And Roglic actually outsprints Pogacar for the fourth place and um, kind of saving. And I guess there was no, probably no more time bonuses there, but uh, Dumoulin, um, Dumoulin was in there. Sepkus was in there. It was a good finish for the Jumbo Visma team. Uh, Kwiatkowski <clears throat> at the finish, he said, "Look, I, I can't describe. I can't describe how grateful to the whole team and Richard uh, Carapaz it is. Uh, I got some nice moments in cycling, but this was a new experience and had goosebumps the last several kilometers. We really enjoyed the last few k. Unbelievable." Um, they said, "What is this? A message to Bernal at all? You know, do you have anything?" He says, "Yeah, I hope he'll be all right. He was sad to leave the race and wished us good luck. We've tried over the last three days in the breakaway and, try, and today." We found the best legs ever. Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting because those two guys just kept the hammer down. Worried about Hershey? Yeah, he was fighting for the mountains classification. So when he took that risk, took that corner way too fast. When I saw him, I went in my on my brakes. And in that moment, it's better to go 99% and stay safe. He wasn't keen to work before, and we and then so we didn't look behind when we went past him. I, yeah, kind of interesting on that one. Um, how about the GC change? Let's take a look at uh, the overall standings here and the results for today. <clears throat> Kwiatkowski gets the win. Carapaz in second. Wout, uh, minute 51. So they closed that down pretty good. It was uh, four or five minutes at one point. And obviously the two guys, Kwiatkowski and Richard Carapaz, the last 2K, they, they kind of just mailed it in and uh, enjoyed it. Uh, there was an interesting part. There was a fan that ran out on the road about the last 200 meters. He was masked, but he was running out there almost like he was going to, you know, I don't know if he's, um, what, what is uh, Kwiatkowski? Is he Czech? Um, let's see what uh, nationality is. But he's running out on the road there. And he is from Poland, of course. He is from Poland. So I don't know if it was a, a Polish fan that was running out there trying to congratulate him, but it looked like an official jumped the barriers himself and, and maybe tackled him. You know, it used to be the good old days, baseball. You'd see these guys running on the field and keep the cameras on them, watch them get pummeled by one of the outfielders or on the football, you know, the, football field you see someone get tackled um here we didn't really get to see that and it would have been nice to see some uh, asphalt that guy uh, eats some asphalt uh Kwiatkowski Richard Carapaz Walt Van Ert comes in second 151 Primo he got the time bonus there Primo's Roglic 153 Pogacar uh same they get a second gap to Richie Port interesting they gave a one second gap uh to Richie Port on sixth place through Anuk Mas down to Lopez Dumoulin Sepkus Damiano Caruso, Mikel Landa, and so on. Um, Mark Hirsch comes 204. Pillow Babau, 14th. Geshka, these are the guy, all the guys in the break. The top one there, Martin Guillaume, uh, 430. With Rigoberto Uran, of Valverde, Leon Sanchez, Bargui, and 25th. Okay, so uh, the GC doesn't really shake up much except for Roglic actually... He doesn't get any time there because he and Pogacar, they're still 57. Lopez, uh, they, I think they got a second or second or two because of what we just saw with the gap to the port group. So they got an extra second there. Richie Port, 306, unchanged. Mikel Landa moves up two places due to um, Yates and Rigoberto Aran. They both moved down and Enrique Moss. So those two both catapult themselves up. Uh, Landa at 328, Moss at 419. We'll take a look at those guys and how they time trial. 
if there's any possibility for them to be moving up on stage 20. Uh, so let's take a look at that. Um, first of all, we know how Roglic can time trial. He's done well in Worlds at Bergan in Norway. Uh, was he second there to Tom Dumoulin? I think he was. Um, he also second in the Slovenian uh, time trial championships to Pogacar. Uh, he won the Giro first stage last year. He does just fine in the time trials. Uh, it's just he's been able to do that. It's not a big deal. Pogacar, we think we know how he does as well. I mean, he won the Slovenian time trial championship, so he obviously going. It's not like you're winning it in some country where you don't have competition. You had Roglic, and Roglic is flying right now, so we know how he does as well. Richie Port, Richie Port is pretty much has a, a career of we can look back and see how he does in time trials. Tour de France, he does very does just fine. Now, with all this said, we can go to the actual stage profile get a, a nice understanding of what actually we're looking at here. So for the first 14K, it's flat. They have a time check there. Then it starts to bump up a little bit up to the next 10K. Uh, but they go from 400 or 340 meters up to 609. So it's a little bit of a climb as they're starting that there. A little dip down. But then the last 6K, I would, say, I would even give it a little bit more than that, back to 27 they they go from you know 488 meters up to 12 almost uh, 1100 or so so obviously it's a little bit different than just a standard time trial because <clears throat> you're going to have some climbing involved and the climbers are going to take this but it's the last third of the stage which is obviously a portion you can um, and we talked about that yesterday kind of with the bumps the 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 ups and downs the wiggles in the final part of the road the strong guys are going to be able to really push on the down and not just use that as rest and obviously the the fast time trial guys you have the kinds like like Roglic, one of the best climbers in this race, one of the best time trialers in this race, what are you going to have? Port can do that as well. Port can put up a time and be solid with that as well. How about Iran and Yates? Well, they're really no longer in the issue, and they weren't the greatest time trialers in general. Uh, Iran could throw out an amazing time. Once again, we'll go back to the uh, GC here. Iran, though, is 6.05 back, so he's got five, 10 seconds to Yates. He can he can probably take that going up to seventh place. Can he reach a whole two minutes, though, to get to Enric Moss or someone in that range? Probably not. So you're probably not going to see that. Now, Landa, you might be able to see him drop back. What's What's been Landa's record on races, on time trials? Well, he's had a second place in the Spanish National Time Trial Championships in 2016, mostly, although a lot of top 20s. Now it has this climbing and he's obviously coming on. So you could see him, <clears throat> you know, coming, coming good for a time trial, but for the most part, you're probably, you're not going to see him. You're not going to see him leapfrog over port. I would doubt, uh, port's been climbing really well. And he's and showing that today that he can, he can push it on the flat. So <clears throat> is he going to be able to get there that we don't know. How about Lopez? Uh, he's not won a time trial. He's got several seconds, some fourths, and top tens. It's kind of a mixed bag for him. Enric Moss, he kind of also is unknown. And, and by the way, this is Lopez's first Tour de France. So uh, Moss, though, in 2016, he was third in Route du Savoy, Mont Blanc. I don't know if that was an uphill time trial. And then he had a fifth. Otherwise, he was ninth last year on stage, uh, 13th time trial. So perhaps, perhaps he can do something. But once again, we'll look at the spread here. You're not going to catch it. The only one that's going to, unless you have a, a mechanical of some sort, uh, the only one that could possibly catch Roglic would be Pogacar. Lopez, he might be able to overtake Tade, but that's questionable. Can Port get himself up into third place 
he's got to put you know a minute and a half on uh, Lopez. That's a that's a tough haul. You may see your your final GC placings here for the rest of the Tour de France. <clears throat> okay. Yesterday we talked about Sepkus. I thought it was great. Um, bike selections. Uh, I do appreciate you asking that, Eric Houston. Uh, I love to see the TT bikes. Okay, let's let's go back there because that's a really good question, and uh, appreciate you bringing that up. <clears throat> bike selections. So you've got 14k here before it starts to pitch, and up to the 609, and then down, and then your last section. Now the Planche de Belfi. I don't think they take into the consideration the gravel section that they did last year i'm not sure i'll have to look closer at that but i don't believe that's the case um if they were well first of all would they be doing this climb this last you know 6k on a tt bike i don't think so so can they make the swap and can this first section be enough to really influence them paul mitchell says bike swap tt like the world's 2017 excellent point that was a that's a good one uh, way to bring it back to bergen uh in in norway there uh yeah dumoulin and those guys um, some of them, I don't believe, did the bike swap. I'm trying to remember. Some guys did. Some guys did not. And we'll have to look back. Maybe you can check that out right now. Some of those guys did not do the bike swap. That was a pretty steep climb going up into uh, how are the KOM points distributed in the TT? Great question coming in from Chris Flower as well. So first of all, Chris, what do you think about the bike swap? And is that going to happen? Uh, Bergen Think back then, and it seems like to me, uh, Dumoulin did not do a bike swap. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the guys that did the best, Bergen, uh, which was Dumoulin, and then uh, Roglic, I don't think he did as well. There is KOM points, as so Chris says. I don't see him here on the profile. KOM points for the final um, time trial. How is that going to be distributed? Um, well, I think, like always, the first three across the line. So <laughs> the guys that are going very last... Um, the guys that are going very last, they're going to get the uh, the KOM points. Actually, I don't know. Maybe they'll do a time. This would be, um, yes, it will happen. He thinks it'll be a bike swap. Okay. Uh, Paul Mitchell says Dumoulin didn't. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I, I imagine you can uh, do the research on there. Dumoulin didn't. Chris says, yes, it will happen on the bike swaps. It'll be interesting to see in the breakdown. The, the KOM points, it will be interesting to see also in those uh, how that's going to take place because as Chris mentioned, there's going to be KOM. Well, if you're going to distribute KOMs on a time trial, and if you're going to do just from the last time check, which at 30 to the 36, and you're just going to give it for that, uh, then maybe, and if it's on just time from there, maybe that's how we should be doing the KOM points in general. What do you guys think? Um, uh, Eric Houston asks, do you swap at the crest of the first rise? I think you swap right as you're starting to come in. Uh, that's a good point too, because you probably want to be able to take some, some. Um, you don't want to lose momentum. So I think typically they're doing it, yes, after the first rise, probably at the 24K, go downhill, or maybe in that flat section as it starts to rise up there, you're going to swap. Um, Paul Mitchell says, Tom Dumoulin, I didn't want to take the risk of a bike change. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. Um, he didn't want to take the risk. So Dumoulin didn't swap, as I was saying. So yes, he rode the TT bike the whole way. I believe that's what we had said. Um, or at the base of the last climb. Well, we'll see. This will all be things we'll figure out. Let's go back to Sepkas, and then we'll, we'll deal with some of the, if you guys still have some more questions. Sepkas, so the question was, did he have a tactical incident last last stage on stage 17 and by kind of drifting off the front? Well, Vela News reported, and then it was talked about where he had been told to kind of go off the front and... Um, I think, and then he said, oh, I didn't have it to stay with, with Lopez. I almost wonder if that's the truth. 
he got probably told to come back. He comes back. He loses a minute to Lopez in the end, and he's not trying to ride hard. He stays ahead of Richie Port. Um, you kind of wonder if he'd been able to dig deep what he might have been able to do. But once again, I, I talked about his, I thought was great riding at that moment, coming back to Roglic, doing a move to get him separated from Pogacar. And in the end, that, you know, blowing his, uh, using his bullets at that point instead of using them on uh, trying to stay with Lopez was probably the, the best deal. Also, uh, the, the report said that, and I'll get back to your questions here. Uh, the report also said that um, when they were deciding the tour team back in December, um, Roglic insisted on Sepkus being named uh, to it. That's huge. And that took um, him going with uh, uh, Sepkus in the Giro, which did not work out very well for either either one of those. I mean, it worked out fine for, for Roglic, but it wasn't great. And then seeing him in the Vuelta and how much support um, Sepkus gave to him in the Vuelta. So that's a, that's a big bonus. Um, Paul Mitchell writes, cycling tips. Among, is a quote, among the pre-race favorites, in addition to Dumoulin and Froome, riders like Rohan Dennis, Tony Martin, Johan Castrovejo, all opted against a bike swap. All right. So <clears throat> that might pretend to what he has. Maybe we need to do a comparison of the climb here with the Bergen one in Norway and see how that works. Uh, Chris Flowers says, agreed. KOM points need revising. Leverage a Strava partnership and pull times from there. KOM jersey presented by Strava. I don't know. Um, I have, a, I have a new shirt that came in the mail, and it's uh, the KOM, so I'll, I'll wear that uh, in a day or so here. Uh, Eric Houston says, big guys, big power. Well, I, I hope you're talking about me. Any else? Um, stages 1 and 2 and stage 18, did they salvage their Tour de France by what they did? Well, Carapaz has really been on the hunt the last three days, and he's shown that uh, he's, like, he wasn't set to do the Tour initially. He came in. He was looking, I think, to, to rebound and go back to the Giro. <clears throat> That's not the case. Obviously, it's a little later. And he is flying right now and going well, probably due to the preparation for a later race of the Giro. Probably not going to happen for him for the Giro this year, but he does get to be king of the mountains. I think we're going to have – let's go look at that. Let's finish off the GC, the points, and all those for today. Points, Sam Bennett got a little extra on uh, Sagan. Mateo Trenton up within 11 points. Brian Cockard uh, was able to finish yesterday, the youth jersey. We have Pogacar over Enric Maas, still 322. And a new leader on the KOM, Richard Carapaz over Tade and Roglic, Mike Hirsch, Lopez, Consafoy down to sixth place. So two points separate those two. It could be interesting going back to our whole issue of the time trial and how that gets dispersed. Um, smaller, Eric Houston, smaller guys that weigh different, maybe a larger impact. Uh, well, I think this, you're going to see the, the first of all, and then he says, of course, maybe TD bike swaps affect the lighter rider more. Um, so here's what I actually think about the bike swap. It's all about momentum. Don't want to risk it making that change. Can you get up the climb in enough? Um, it, and the bikes are pretty much light enough anyway, but is it going to cause you enough trouble? Is it, is it the kind of climb that has too much momentum change up and down? That's not going to cause that, um, three weeks of racing. Um, you have different types of rides. Some have been sitting in the whole time and they might be able to be a little more fresher. So it really comes down to you typically see the GC guys are the ones that are, are doing the best. And, um, unless as you have a flat time trial, um, <clears throat> Chris says any else was riding a 110 grand tour stage wind dry spell <laughs> needed to come up with something. Yeah. So let's finish off on that. They needed to come up with something. They did get that. They got a wonderful picture and moment there with Karapaz and Kwiatkowski coming over the line together. 
got to share that. Uh, the guys, both of them wrote amazing. Uh, Kwiatkowski deserved that. It was his first um, Tour de France stage win. It would have been Carapaz's first as well. Uh, they've been in the hunt for the last three days. This is not a normal race for Ineos and Team Sky. They have not had this kind of experience in the Tour. Now, they've they've definitely come against this with Grant Thomas, uh, Richie Port trying to lead you know the Vuelta or the Giro and failing miserably and then trying to have plan A, B, C, D, and E did not work out. Um, I also saw today that uh, looking for more climbers, uh, EF Pro Cycling, they're in the middle of building their roster next year, while Ineos Grenadier, Grenadiers, sorry, uh, have already made several high-profile signings ahead of the new season. Adam Yates has already announced that Ineos Rider two-year deal. Richie Port is also set to join from Trek Sigurdfredo. Lawrence Deplus will be on the move from Jumbo Visma, although like Port has yet has yet to be announced. And now they are in talks with Danny Martinez, stage winner for EF. Yeesh, didn't want to lose him. Look, some of those teams have a little bit harder time um, holding being able to hold riders is, is Jumbo Visma. Their, their budget is not, there's just kind of mid-level budget. You've got Sepp Kuss, you've got George Bennett, you got Wout, you have Roglic, uh, Kreuzwick, Dumoulin. Some of these guys are going to, uh, I think uh, Sepp's contract's coming up here. <clears throat> Wout, I mean, you've got to be paying these guys. Sepp is going to be deserved of some money. And if he decides to go somewhere else, maybe he takes the money. I, I would prefer it would be good to see him staying with a team like this. You just keep learning and, and getting your chances, kind of doing what you're doing. A high profile in a sense too. Um, but that team's going to have to come up with some money, much like uh, EF, whereas Ineos, they just throw the cash out there and they keep buying it all uh, New York Yankee style. Okay. Landa takes his revenge. What was the point of Bahrain Merida riding on the front? Was it so that we can get uh landa up to fifth place at 328 out maybe getting him in onto third place he he is a pretty good podium finisher he also likes to just crest it right into the fourth place on a few grand tours well <clears throat> two reasons they were riding in the front and let's see which one you like uh, i'm going to throw a conspiracy theory one out here uh and it's not the flat earth one that sagan was talking about evidently he said as according to kurt he said um Something about the, the world is flat, so I should be able to, to do a good. Maybe Chris can can update me on that one. Um, but if you remember, 2019 Ineos, well, movie star, actually, I should say, uh, team, uh, movie star, they go into the race, the Giro, with Mikael Landa as their prime guy. Carapaz had come on. He was kind of a unknown as far as what he can do. Uh, although he had finished, I want to say, third the year before when Froome won, he had gone up quite a bit when some of those other guys had exploded. There was a good battle between Carapaz and Lopez for the third place finish uh, in the Giro in 2018. 2019 comes, it's all set for Landa. If you watch the movie star production of this, you you get a good viewing and understanding of kind of the angst between these two. It all goes sideways for Landa to begin with as they do uh, the time, the, the initial time trial, he loses 20 seconds to Carapaz. Stage three, Landa gets back another 46, and this happens all the way through, 46 seconds back on Carapaz, leaps him on GC. The next day, stage four, Carapaz wins, gains 44 seconds, and now Landa's down by 28. And you, if you watch the, 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 the Netflix, you can see that he's, he's stressed about this during this time too. Um, it all stayed the same. Then they had a time trial on stage nine. Landa lost over a minute to Carapaz. Stage 12, Landa took back 30 seconds. Stage 13, and he takes back another 18. 14, Carapaz wins stage uh, second stage and gets 154 in Landa. He gets another 36 on stage 15. Landa then gets 12 seconds on stage 17. 
another four seconds on 20, and another 15 on stage 21, final time trial. Carapaz wins. Landa comes in fourth, as we said, because he likes to do. And the next flick shows that Landa was really distraught with this, and he was um, kind of a mess. I mean, he's very fragile. Both of these guys seem to be that way. In the end, Landa then goes to um, movie star, or goes and does, uh, I think it's the Vuelta, Volta, the tour, I'm not sure. I think maybe it was a tour he did. Um, didn't Had all kinds of issues. That whole season was fraught with them. Carapaz ends up do, getting in a wreck on a race that he wasn't supposed to do, the team said. Uh, they got they just lit him on fire on, on the Netflix show, and he goes to Ineos. Evidently, he was even riding in the Ineos. Hey, so my point is, maybe Landa and the Bahrain team were chasing Carapaz that was specifically, they didn't want him to get a win. Matt, is that, is that a win? No, the real reason, probably Rod Ellingsworth used to be with Ineos. Now he's with Bahrain. He's picked up a bunch of good you know, riders, and he's got a different mindset. And what they did yesterday kind of set Landa to be able to go from 7th, 8th, wherever he was yesterday, up to 5th. Because the, the driving the pace so hard yesterday was pretty detrimental to Iran and Yates today. And it was only as detrimental to Port as well. Brian Zimney says, who is Kurt? I agree. Uh, Chris says, I can't clarify Kurt's comments. Okay, maybe I'll just read them from my text messages here because um, I think it's important. Uh, that's why people fall in love with Sagan when he says S like, I believe world is flat, so the finish suit to me. Okay, I, I, did I do that justice? Um, so anyway, I think uh, Bahrain, you know, look, they're pretty, pretty good to see and I mentioned this yesterday. You start to see yesterday when they're on the on the front, and you're kind of questioning why they're doing what they're doing. It looks a little, you know, Landa. He's not going to be able to outkick these guys. But once again, we saw a team, and this is kind of the important part. We saw a team attempt because you've seen this before. Other Ineos or Sky is on the front, and so another team's going to assert their their part, and they can't do it. And and in the end, they just blow their whole team out. What Bahrain actually did was. They did isolate Roglic in the end. Well, they also isolated uh, Landa. But when they were done, so was uh, so was uh, Jumbo Visma, except, say, for uh, Sepkus. So um, in a sense, it kind of worked. And then today, they, they, they ended up doing the same thing. So good for them. I like to see a little bit more parity in the, in the field to have. A, and as we see, 57 seconds to second place, 127 to third. It's not a, it's not a bad one so far. Um, in the things that make you go hmm category, uh, Andre Greipel abandons the race. I didn't. I didn't even know he was. He was in the race. Um, stage seventeen. Uh, we got outside the time limit. Uh, Brian Cockard was very close to missing that. I saw the Brune wagon coming over the finish, and it looked like it could have been him, but it wasn't. It was his teammate uh, Kevin Reza had finished a little bit in front, but uh, Debusher, his teammate Jens Debusher, did not make the required time limit. Uh, Carcard said to the reporters after the stage that Debusher waited for him on the 17-kilometer climb to the Col de Madeleine and then helped him through the entire valley, the steep slopes of the final climb. When the Belgian made it to the vicious final ascent of the Col de Lolos, he had nothing left and finished the stage with the broom wagon. It is a pity that I have to leave so close to Paris, an emotional Debusher said, according to Sforza, but it is no different. I came to the team to ride for Brian, and then you do what you have to do, everything. On the Madeline, I was pretty quiet in the group with Sam Bennett, but Brian had a hard time, and I waited for him. We can't do much here without him because that's our lead-out without a sprinter. What's a lead-out without a sprinter? In the valley, I did everything I could to bring him closer, but at the foot of the final climb, that was the end for me. Then he left with my approval. I, it was over. In his exhaustion on conclusion of stage 17, Cocard posted on his Twitter feed, at the end, at the end, 
of the effort. Only one word. Thank you. That's kind of cool. I mean, that's a, that's your total dedication of a writer um, who obviously he was with the Bennett group. The Bennett group made the time limit by seven minutes. So he did everything he could to get Carepad or <laughs> Carepad, uh, Cockard there. So now Cockard has a chance. Let's take a look at the upcoming stages. Uh, tomorrow, Champonani, I, I can't pronounce that. It looks like it's uh, climbing, but you're probably going to be able to have it. It's all 100,000 meters. You're probably going to have some sprinters wanting to get another chance, some like Cockard, uh, Bennett. You still have Caleb Ewing in there. Um, maybe this is a Sagan day, stage 19, Friday, have that chance. And then obviously coming into Paris, the very last and final day. So those are the ones we have. Like I said, tomorrow, just a cat three, a sprint. So you're going to see those guys going for it. Um, KOM points on offer for stage 20. That's according to Chris Flower. And I have not been able to determine that. You know, there's an interesting thing Chris also brought up earlier this week, which was which jerseys take precedent over the other. So Paul Pogacar has the, the uh, white jersey and he also has the polka dot jersey. Which one do you wear? Well, they actually said you wear the polka dot takes precedent over the yellow jersey, uh, the, the white jersey, um, and that obviously the yellow jersey takes precedent. What was interesting that Kurt uh, and founded was found out was that they there was also a note there that said your home national jersey or world championship jersey could take precedent over any jersey in the race if that federation requires it to. I don't know about the uh, UCI requiring the World Championships jersey because I haven't seen that being done when someone's in yellow uh, or the other jerseys. But evidently, if you're from a country that requires you to wear your national championship jersey, doesn't matter if you're in the yellow, you're wearing your national championship jersey. That's the way it goes. How about the ride of the week? Well, ride of the day. Uh, kind of have to give it to Kwiatkowski and Carapaz. Um for their efforts out front and being able to finally get something for Ineos. You know, look, Ineos is kind of the team that when they really need to, they, they can at least do what they have to, and they did what they had to do. I also kind of want to give it to Port. He had a real steady hand being able to reattach himself to that group after his flat on the gravel, a little Garode action there. Let's go back to a question here. Paul Mitchell, thanks for all the input to you guys. Uh, the TT finishes with 5.9 kilometers and averages 8.5%. The Bergen TT Mount Florin was 3.4K in between 9 to 10, with a little bit at 5.5 at the end. So Bergen was a little bit more severe, but a lot shorter. Yeah, um, I don't know what the, 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 the actual pitches are on the final uh, time trial here, but good, good analysis. So what's your conclusion? That if they didn't do a bike change at Bergen, then they're probably not going to do a bike change here. So... Eric Houston, you're going to get your wish to see some TT bikes, I imagine, in the mix. You're going to get, uh, you're probably going to see some of those guys throwing their early teammates out in the mix to uh, kind of give a little test. And, you know, they'll have time to test this out in the day as well. Um, so that will be anyway. Uh, anyway, back to my ride of the week. I want to give further accolades to Landa and his team. But Port, Port was really impressive to me today to be able to um, <clears throat> stay with the group, catch back on, get in his flat. Could have been, could have been his one giant moment so far look we're night what 18 stages down we've got 19 20 21 so far he's been he being port has been able to overcome some of these issues and not cause that his biggest problem has just really been did he lose time in the the wind i don't remember maybe he did lose time in the wind that day but uh just losing time on the climbs and actually somewhat minimal brian zimney chimes in with nothing just just brian zimney i appreciate that guys
Another one in the books. This was episode 200. I appreciate you guys joining me for 200 episodes. You know, there's, the numbers may be off a little bit, but from what I could, I could gather, I think that's exactly where we are at. So um, appreciate it. Check out the show. We put it out on Twitter, put it out on Facebook, and I'll upload it to YouTube coming up pretty soon. And also keep attached here because we may do a Facebook, uh, YouTube live actual channel. That's what I'm looking at. Thanks, everybody. Take care.